0: We are finishing up our series, Better Together. We actually kicked it off last week. If you missed that sermon, we talked about how we're better together in the way that we serve. We talked about how the scripture says we are the body. We all are different members and different parts of the body, but we make up one body and um, we're called to be better together. We can do more together. And so God's design is for no one person to sit on the sideline and be disconnected, but we're called to work together and serve and make a difference. And today we're going to talk about, we're better together in relationship and in community and the way that we do life together. Um, we live in a culture that is trying to get us to build lives that are segregated and isolated and it tries to get us build lives iPad, iPod, uh, you have you know, your car, you can customize your seat to remember your own settings and there's nothing wrong with all that kind of stuff, but there is a direct link between the more that you make your life about yourself, the more you isolate, the more you make your own circle about you, there's a direct link to depression and oppression, and anxieties, and all the stuff that that falls into when we live that kind of segregated lifestyle. Why? Because God didn't design you to be somebody who goes through life alone. Are you with me? Uh, As a matter of fact, it's not just like a a Bible idea for us to fellowship, and connect, and and spend time together. It's not like, oh, that'd be a good idea. No, you were made for that. You actually require that. You were wired to to need that, and to live in that. Are you with me? And so today we'll talk about it. Now, some of you, you're like, oh, I'm not a social person. I don't like hanging out with people. Don't worry. I'm going to fix it right now. If everyone stands up, go find somebody you haven't met before. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We would never do that. But some of you are already sweating, like, oh, he's going to tell me I got to hang out with people. And listen, uh, we're not going to push it to that degree. And, uh, and, and I just want you to hear the heart behind the, the why God has called us in community, because it's, it's actually a blessing. So you say, Oh, I'm not the most social. I'm not, I'm not the life of the party. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like we're called to, to hold up each other's arms, to support each other, to, to, to give when you have and to receive when you don't have from each other. Are you with me? We're just better together. And then I thought, what a perfect weekend, because everybody being the holiday weekend, uh, everybody who is social and already connects and and has all the relationships, um, those people are going to be gone camping and having fun and socializing. The people that need to hear this message are the ones that stayed in town and came to church. So this is all for you. You're here. This is for you. So, um, but scripture is full of the message of community and oneness and better together. Uh, And when the scripture talks about, Hey, it's important that you hang out. It's not God being like you really need to hang out with your little brother just spend, he's your brother, spend some time with him, take him with you. You know, it's not that. It's not like, Hey, you got to get together and you guys got to make sure you're hanging out because you're, you're God's family. It's not that at all. There's so much value in power in the community coming together and being together. If you look at even how heaven talks about our relationship as the body of Christ, look how he describes us. Brother, Sister. He's the heavenly father. Uh, If you look at scripture, he calls us his children. Why? Because he's trying to get us to see that this thing is family. You're not subscribed to a club. This isn't a social thing. He wants us to really understand like we're doing this whole thing together. We're family. And if we can see, like, everybody's got their place in the family. Everybody is for each other. This is family. Now, you may be sitting here being like, oh, I do not want to be like my family. (laughs) You don't want it to be like my family, Pastor Josh. I'm telling you. Okay, look past that. (laughs) And just know, this is God's family. Yeah, we all got our shortcomings. But we're family. We're in this, and we're better together. Amen. The Bible, we'll look at some examples here. Scripture is full. Basically, the whole Bible is made up of. God using people to accomplish his glory. It's just full of scripture where God says, I'm going to choose to use people to accomplish what I want to do here on earth. Actually, very rarely, uh, I could think of a couple examples where where God shows up on the scene and does a thing. And and, and he works in, in the realm of like to one person. But the majority of the time when God shows up or there's an encounter or there's an experience, he's literally doing something for somebody so that they can do something for somebody else. Deliver a people, encourages somebody. Are you with me? God shows up, you know, gives a direction, does a thing so that other people, the better together, can receive from it. Are you with me? It's the same thing today. There's nothing changed. Literally, I believe that right now here in Zealand, right now here in Holland, you still have heaven looking down on people and saying, I want to choose you to help people. God's always into using people to help people, to deliver people, to set people free. God wants to use us to make a difference. It's not going to be politics. It's not going to be the next. Are you with me? It's going to be when God's people come together in love and they have a heart for people. When we're better together, we'll see God move. Amen. Amen. Uh, Genesis. We see it at the beginning of the scripture. Many of you know this Genesis chapter two, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. If you back up a couple verses, you see all through scripture, God made trees and he calls it good. He makes water. He calls it good. He makes all these things and he says, good, good, good. And then when he sees mankind is alone, Adam is isolated. He says, Ooh, not good. It's the first not good in scripture. Are you with me? And so he says, no, no, this is not good. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to give you community. So here's Eve. And then you see all throughout scripture, you have God and Adam and Eve, what? Doing life together. It says that they're walking through the garden. They had small group in the garden, right? They did community groups. What group are you going to? I don't know. We're going to do the name the animals group. I, you know, right? He's got these groups and they're doing life together. Why? Because it's God's design, and you're doing a huge disservice when you say, I've been hurt by the church. I'm just going to do it my way from now on. No, we need to do this thing together. Are you with me? If you even look at Moses, we say, oh, Moses, what a great man of God. And, he, and, and what a faith man. We actually do that, too. One of the lies we tell ourselves is this. We say, all I need is my faith. And I'm a faith person. I, I, I like faith. I can get with that crowd. But if I just use my faith, if God will speak to me and I use my faith, but you, you make it out to be that all you need is God and faith in you. And you think you're going to accomplish something. No, God always uses people. So you can pray all day and get all the vision all day. But if you aren't willing to connect with people, you're not going to move with God. Are you with me? So we say, oh, Moses, Moses. And he did. But what did he do? Moses went in to do what? Set people free. He went in to go deliver people. Why? Because God works better in community. You think about Abraham. I'm going to make you the father of many people. <laughs> He's like, yo, look, you're going you're, you're, you're to do this thing with people. I'm going to choose you to lead, again, people. Esther is an incredible woman who, what, had a heart connected to God, and she worked on behalf of people. Notice the plan wasn't like, hey, I'm going to get myself ready and I'm going to purify myself so that I might make it. No, she had a heart for setting her people free. Why? Because God chooses people and uses people to help many people. Community. We need community. Amen. David is the same thing. He showed up on the scene, not like, hey, I want to defeat the Goliath so everyone thinks. I'm No, I want to do it so that I can save people. Even Jesus shows up on the scene and he's like, look, I'm going to start to show you the way and I'm going to lead you. And what does he start doing? He starts picking people to walk with him. I'm going to need some disciples. I'm going to need some people that are going to go with me. I'm going to need to build this community around me. There needs to be this oneness about this message. Are you with me? And so community groups, you have these cards on your seat and uh, these aren't just entertainment. This isn't like, hey, we just want to keep people really entertained for the summer. Let's give them a bunch to do. No, this is us coming together and doing life together. This is us saying like, look, we live in an awesome state on an incredible side of the state. We got the beach, we got all this fun stuff. Let's, let's join each other in the way that we're going to do summer but more than that, let's begin to do life together. We're better together. Let's get to know each other's story. Let's get involved with what's going on in everyone's journey. Why? Because God called us to be people of community. Are you with me? Proverbs 28 verse 26 says this. It says, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. If you actually read through all the Proverbs, it continually begins to speak to you about how there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. What's it talking about? It's talking about, hey, there's wisdom in your life when you're involved in godly community. That's what it's saying. It's saying, look, when you're involved in godly community, and it can be fun. Aren't you glad we serve a fun God that's going to participate with us when we play volleyball and when we do the golf group, right? I'm glad we have a fun God that we get to do community and have fun. But that's what it's saying is, look, there's wisdom when you submit and you connect your life into a community that says, hey, this is probably a good idea. That's probably not so much a good idea. I promise you, many of you that have made huge mistakes in your life, I'll bet the circle that you were involved in when you made those huge mistakes was really small, wasn't it? Nobody knew you were doing it. And maybe this only one other person was involved. And it, all these hidden things. Why? Because you're a fool when you think you can do it by yourself. But in this community Are you with me today? There's so much wisdom and there's safety, but there's foolishness in thinking, nah, I can do this whole thing by myself. No, we need community. I grew up in church, and so this is a church word that we used. It's fellowship. Oh, we're going to go to the church, and we're going to have church, and then after that, there's going to be some fellowship. (laughs) Like you go get fellowship. Yeah, they're offering fellowship today. (laughs) We're going to go get some fellowship. And uh, it's been a word that we've really like over-churchized, but it actually has great strength. This idea that church is not just an attendance. It's not a spectator thing. It's not a, hey, I'm going to go there and receive and and then leave. And of course, there's a a, a ton of benefit in that. We stand with that. But a huge part linked to the body of Christ is the way that we actually fellowship. (laughs) It's such a church word. It sounds comical that I say it, but we need to be a people who are fellowshiping. I think it's a huge disservice if all you do is come to a Sunday morning service and receive and hear the word and all that's amazing. But if that's all you're doing, you're missing a huge leg of the way God called us to work as the body of Christ. We need fellowship. We need to connect. Uh, I love the definition here of fellowship. If you look up the word uh, fellowship, it's companionship in the body of Christ. That's a, that's a, that's a kind way. That's a very caring way uh, to say how we Interact with one another. That's a loving way to say, like, hey, we're not just passing each other on a Sunday morning, but no, like, there's a connection. Uh, I love comradeship, is another way that it's described. Like, hey, we're in this. These are my comrades. We're doing this thing, right? That's what fellowship is. We're coming alongside each other and we're doing this. It's also described as mutual support. So, our fellowship is just uh, sending mutual support, it's mutual respect, it's mutual desire. So it's coming in. And as we fellowship, we're all aiming toward the same thing, this mutual desire. And since it's a holiday weekend, I can take this bunny trail. But uh, I also learned, and we're going to use this for our groups next year because it's just so great. And and I think it'll really get a lot of people into the church. Uh, But one of the definitions of fellowship is social intercourse. And so we're going to say, join us next year. Are you looking for social intercourse? Join us. And, uh, the staff doesn't like it. I don't know why, but my groups are going to be called that and we'll see who has the bigger group. Cause I feel like that'll get some clicks on social media, you know, like, but, uh, I mean, try it. I mean, knock on some doors, take the group's guide and say, are you looking for some social intercourse? Join us. Just tell them you go to the foundry. Just do that though. <laughs> Pastor Eric will fix it all. But, uh, but for real, fellowship, it just matters. I want to go back to the one thing that says mutual desire, this like passion we're called to have. Uh, yesterday, uh, we my mother-in-law, she's got property in Robinson Township, which is kind of, it's like the countryside of Grand Haven. And, uh, and so she's got all these horse trails out there. And, uh, and so she was like, hey, you know, like I really want my horse trails made bigger. And uh, she's like, would you guys come out? When I say horse trails, I really mean it's our dirt bike trails. And so, and so uh, I say, oh, of course, I'm, I'm your favorite son-in-law. I would love to come out there and make your horse trails bigger for you. How much bigger do you want the jumps? And, you know, like, what are we, what are we talking about building here? So we got serious this year, and uh, we, we found out, I'll explain in a minute, but a friend who Jess went to high school with, uh, his friend who I also know who rides dirt bikes with us, we found out he has a real full-size Bulldozer. So before we've used like a Kubota and even a skid steer, but now we're like, you know, literally doing whatever we want out there. And um, I just was like, all right, Jess, keep your mom and dad up at the house. I want to surprise them with these horse trails. I don't want to spoil it. And so it is madness out there. Here's what I've also learned about myself Have you ever had the epiphany where you've realized you've become a different person? I had that this weekend. So here's what they say about Robinson Township. There's Grand Haven and there's Robinson Township. They're technically the same, but, but people call Robinson Township Robinson-tucky, like Kentucky, like Robinson, because it's just Redneckville. And, uh, and it's awesome, because remember, we're out there making more horse trails. And uh, so all of a sudden, I realized how my life had changed. Because if you don't know me, maybe 15 years ago, pre-marriage, I was like banana, so over here, they, some people can attest to this. I was like tucked in Banana Republic shirt every day, like tie shoes. Like I, I mean, I was, I all of a sudden realized I'm in Robinson Tucky. <laughs> My friends are bringing a bulldozer. <laughs> we got chainsaws everywhere, dirt bikes, like four wheelers. And so I wore shorts to get into these woods and it left a gap and I would show you, but it would be inappropriate and it would encourage social intercourse. And so we're not going to do that, (laughs) but, but this gap was open in my shorts and it looks like I tried to give a cat a bath all the way around my legs from the briars in the thing. And I didn't care, like just all cut up. The worst part is I'm texting my friend, Scott Hope, who was with me the next day the pictures of it. He's like, bro, I got in the shower. I felt like I was on fire because like all of our open wounds. I said, dude, it looks like I crawled out of a jail, like just through barbed wire. And I just realized at one point in my life, I'm now that guy with, I had muck boots on. Like I don't even know where I bought muck boots. <laughs> 10 years ago, I wouldn't even know where to find them. Now I have them standing with chainsaws, just cutting things down for horse trails. And um, so the guy, now here's what you need to know about Spring Lake. Jess graduated from Spring Lake. I know I'm gonna offend people in the room. I'm kind of kidding, so don't be fully offended, but here's the thing with Spring Lake and, 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 the, and the people that especially went to school at Jess's time of her life in that school, is you have hell, which is hell. Then you have Sin City, Las Vegas, as far as like sin and crime and heathens. Then there's Spring Lake. That's like all that comes out of there is it's pretty bad. I mean, if you want to leave the 99 for the one you go to spring, Lake to get the one. (laughs) So my buddy, Mickey, who also graduated from spring lake, who's friends with Jess, who's friends with me, who knows this other guy who I won't name his name because of the rest of the story. They're like, call this guy. He's got this bulldozer. Maybe we could come out and make fast work of all of this stuff. And so, okay, yeah, that's cool. Let's get him. And, uh, and so Scott and I were on this four wheel and you got to remember, it's just, it's, there's trees falling everywhere and chainsaws are happening and four wheelers everywhere. And, and then my father-in-law is is building a deck on this beach, which is a pond. And so he's out here, like in this dirt, building this deck that we're going to put barrels under and push it out into the water and then tell the kids to go play on it. Like that's our <laughs> deck. He goes, build this thing and put barrels under it and they can just jump off of that. And... So you just got to get the full picture of the Robinson tuckiness that's happening. So we come around, Scott and I come around on four wheelers because the bulldozer has arrived. And so we're coming around this thing and and we can't see until we get there. And we get around the corner and the bulldozer, I'm talking the bulldozer, has fallen off of the trailer. I'm like, I don't think we can get a two by four, like put it back on. (laughs) And so what's crazy, and again, this is Spring Lake. So I get around the corner so much profanity from these spring Lakers, because it's spring Lakers, and just profan- and they're Jess's friends, so so much cussing, <laughs> just, I learned words yesterday, actually, and uh, so that's happening, now the trailer's all, and, and we're trying to get this thing off, and all the, well, there's a house right across from it, and so Scott and I get there, sure enough, just as you would assume, as we're making all this noise, and there's all this profanity, here comes a 100-year-old woman. Now, when I say 100-year-old, she's probably 110. So she's wearing, like, I don't know, Scott, you could say, but I'm not sure if they were full-length purple pajamas at 2 in the afternoon, but it was like a purple sweatsuit. And and here she comes. Like, and I'm like, this is it. This is the, you boys out here in front of my house tipping over the... And I'm like, this is it, right? And so she comes out, and she's like, excuse me. And we're like, "What?" She's like, can someone help me start my lawnmower? <laughs> Which I'm at that point, like, does that happen? I've heard of, like, the old lady needing a lawnmower started, but I've never experienced it. And I'm not as saved as Scott Hope, and neither is any of the other guys that I was with, clearly. And uh, so we're all like, I didn't hear it. Did you?" And Scott's over there like, I'll help you do that. I'm like, "He's dude's going to mow the lawn now and have to eat a tuna fish sandwich with her after let me make you a sandwich so he goes over there and and he's helping her and we're getting this stupid thing put back on the deal but here's what I noticed that makes my point in my long exaggeration on holiday time is this none of us for one minute got rattled about the situation None of us threw in the top. I don't like this situation. I don't like these circumstances. They offended me. That didn't come off the trailer like we do in church. Because we were all in it for like passion. We were all in it for the same goal. Are you tracking with what I'm saying now? It didn't matter what could have happened out there. Because we all shared the same passion of making horse trails and horse jumps. We wanted to see that come together. If that thing would have fully fallen. I mean, whatever it took, we were going to make that thing happen. We, we were in it in like passion. I just wish the church had a little bit more of that. Hey, we're better together when we come together instead of, oh, I'm not going to help you over there, old lady. I'm not going to help you. You tipped it off the trailer. I don't care, right? No, whatever it took, why? Because we shared such like passion. So I kind of had it on my mind the rest of the day, just kind of watching how we went about this craziness. And uh, I began to notice, too, in the beginning... Uh, we're cutting down all these trees and, and at the early part of the day, all of us men were like men. So we'd cut these logs up and they'd be in big pieces. We'd carry them ourselves. And we'd just be, oh, I'm going to move them over here. But toward the end of the day, when we all got tired, it was like, hey, can you help me with this stick? <laughs> take an end, take an end to that. We need to move it over. But I really felt the Lord speak to me that the church actually gets stubborn when they need the most help. We're called to be better together. Isn't it interesting when we get hurt? Or when we get damaged in church or when we get tired in the things of God, we don't say, hey, will you come over and help me? Will you take that in? Can we just work together? Instead, we keep our spiritual pride up and we keep our masks on and we say, no, I can still do this. I don't need anybody to come together with me. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And, and it's doing a huge disservice to the body of Christ. Why? Because we're better together. We're better together. We need to work together. Are you with me? I'll close with this. Um, the scripture is so full of the story of oneness. Uh, I'm gonna steal a little bit from an author. He wrote a book called um, The Blue Parakeet, and he kind of teaches us how to look at scripture differently. And uh, I forget who the author is, uh, Scott something. But uh, if you look it up, he actually begins to lay out what's so interesting about the Bible is this, that it's a story, of course, you know this, with all kinds of stories inside of it. But they all tell, of course, one really cool story. And if you narrowed the stories down into one overlaying theme, you could actually argue that the theme is this, that in the beginning, God created us for oneness, for togetherness with him, with each other, and with his creation. How many of all would agree that the design of Genesis is for us to be with God and with each other, working with creation? But then the fall happens, and then separation happens. We know Adam and Eve, they mess it up, and so there's separation between man and God, and then uh, with each other, there's this thing that enters in, basically, we could call it otherness. There's now this otherness happening, and other people have their things, and there's this separation. But you could say this, that the work of the cross and Jesus putting things back in place, Jesus coming back, his message is continually, and we'll read a little bit of it here in a minute. Much of Jesus' message as he journeys through the New Testament is calling us back to oneness with God and with each other and with creation. The work of the cross is, hey, your sins are forgiven. You can be one with God. And now that you've been saved, and and, and then he begins to teach us of grace and forgiveness and how we can walk in oneness with one another. Are you with me? But isn't it sad that we've narrowed salvation down to, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to get saved so I can go to heaven. We just focus on get saved, go to heaven. Get saved, get a blessing from God. Get saved, get a blessing. But no, the, the whole story of it all, it's like you've been saved to be with God, with each other. Are you with me? I love this scripture here. We, many of us know this, but it's the encouragement to us in these last days. How should we live? How should we navigate through all of this? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, and it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, like some people are doing right now camping. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. What is it saying? It's saying, hey, hey, in these last days, don't give up on oneness. Spur one another on toward love and good works. How are we going to make this thing happen? It's when we have this passion to be together be better together, to to work on this oneness, to be for one another, to do community together. Amen? Jesus prays a prayer in John chapter 17. I'll read it for you in just a minute. But if Jesus were standing here today and you would say, hey, Jesus, would you pray a prayer over us, believers, us Christians? Would you pray a prayer over us? We'd really like you to pray a prayer blessing over us. He actually did that in one of his most famous prayers in John chapter 17. And you'll be so surprised to see the theme of it john chapter 17 verse 20 he says my prayer is not for them alone speaking of just the believers that were in his presence my prayer is not for them alone i pray also for those who will believe in me through their message so as these believers evangelize he's saying uh, i'm also praying for them that all of them may be one speaking of that oneness And then it says, Father, just as you are in me and I'm in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Can you believe that? That the testimony of heaven is linked to our oneness? You gotta think about that. Our better togetherness, our community, our oneness. The way that the world is gonna see and believe that heaven sent Jesus is linked to our oneness. That's pretty amazing then it says this it says I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one he's really hitting this oneness theme as we are one I in them and you in me so that they may be here it is complete may be incomplete be brought into complete unity so that the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as I as you have loved me What's the whole point of this whole thing? If you ask Jesus, hey, would you pray for the believer? He's gonna stand up in front of you and he's gonna say what we just talked about. God, my prayer for the believer is that they be found in me. They be found in our heavenly father. They be found in connect-ness, connected in oneness with God, but also with one another so that it creates perfect testimony for the world to see. That's the mission of community. Yes, it's about hanging out and having a good time and building relationships, but it also does an incredible thing for the world to see when we are in God and one with one another.